0: The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine opie show. I am Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on Back to You, our podcast, we do all kinds of things like, how would you describe it? We do nitpicky things sometimes, like, how come you got headphones on and I don't? because I'm the star of the show. Well, see, that's up for uh, debate and deliberation. And uh, a lot of the show is about who gets top billing and last word. Well, we'll find out in the next Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. See ya. Bye. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. An opie show only on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place.
1: Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Hey, it's
0: Rick and Dave from Minutia Men. We have a new podcast series on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a series called Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. It's all of our celebrity interviews that you've heard on our regular series and and some new ones, too. Here is an all new unheard interview
1: with Dwyer Brown.
0: All right, Dave. I I don't think anyone has had more impact from six minutes of film time than our next guest. He was in a movie 30 years ago that just happens to be our favorite movie of all time, Field of of Dreams. I bought the video. I bought the laser disc. I got the anniversary issue. (laughs) I bought the DVD. (laughs) 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 Dwyer Brown played John Kinsella, the father of Ray, Kevin Costner in the movie, and the whole movie is really about him, although you don't realize it until the end. So let me just say this, Dwyer. Let me just confess something to you. Just hearing the music is enough to make me cry. The line, Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? Kills me. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. You must run into this everywhere you go. I even heard, and maybe this is a, a a legend, but I heard that you bring a mitt with you just in case someone wants to have a catch with you. Is that true?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I bring my dad's mitt. Uh, of all oh, things. my God. <laughs> Stop it. It's it it's three mella. minutes into the interview and you are already <laughs> crying. <laughs> yeah. But my grandfather uh, gave my dad this split finger mitt back in the 30s. And he it's the mitt my dad taught me and my brother to play catch with. So it feels like, you know my way of, of passing it on, you know, my, my dad died a month before I went to go shoot that movie. So my God, my, my only regret about the whole thing was that I never got to watch the movie with him. So this is my way of, of bringing him with me wherever I go. And it's as close as anybody will get to shaking hands with my dad by, by putting on his mitt and, having a catch with
0: me or you know okay. anyway I, I, all bets are off i'm gonna definitely be <laughs> <at it. laughs> right you're the coolest yeah, person right. on earth man
1: <laughs> so uh, um so i mean people how often are you stopped to play catch i mean is this something that when, I'm sure when you're doing personal appearances, but like, are you in Walmart and someone's asking you to play catch?
2: <laughs> well, I don't carry my mitt around like, uh, you know, like Nevin and the jerk, you know. Okay. And like, uh, Listen, that's all I need is this mitt. Uh, no, I, uh, but, you know, I do appearances. At, at, this year I went to 40 minor league baseball games across the country. And, oh. and so, uh, you know, I, I try to, you know, I tell the, the GMs there at, at the parks, you know, I sort of. Uh, basically do anything you ask me to you know within reason of course but yeah but you know frequently they'll have me do a catch with the uh, you know contest winners or sometimes they open it up to everybody and i'll be out on the field there and you know have catch with 100 people you know and um but uh yeah it's it's i don't know it's just something i i feel like i've been given this little you know a superpower or something that because of the way the movie was and i and i i thank james earl and kevin and amy madigan and tim busfield for opening everybody's heart so that all i have to do is take off my catcher's mask and kind of walk right in but i feel like the the you know it's just something I can do that means so much to people, and it doesn't cost me anything. You know, who, who, who doesn't want to have a catch with people? And yeah, right. So so anyway, it's just kind of fun. I, I just try to look at it as, as this nice little um, gift that I have, and I try to go as deep as people want to. You know, some people, you know, just strangers – you know, somehow see my face and recognize me from the movie and and tears immediately come to their eyes. And they tell me, you know, that their dad never played catch with them or that their dad played catch with them every night. And, you know, now he's gone. And, you know, I just think like, well, you know, who who else do they get to do this with? I, I can be their dad for, ten seconds in an airport, and and it will mean something to them. So, well,
1: anyway. my my dad died when I was thirteen, and he was a White Sox fan. So I need you to come wow. and live in my house. Can you do that? <laughs> okay. Would that be all right? And you okay. got to meet my grandchildren. Your, your your grandchildren. In fact, we'll just tell them you're actually my dad. Is that all right? If we can do that?
2: Okay, that's it. Sounds perfectly yeah, you, fine. You know, okay. I
0: I went to the movie the first time. Uh, just days before my dad died, uh, wow. uh, this is a true story, and I even said to him after I came home from the movie, I went over to his house and I said, "Dad, we got to go see this movie together." He, you know, it, obviously it never happened, <clears throat> and and so you know, but I felt that before my father passed away, that it was a special thing, and then it, it's just that that moment you appear. The young version of dad, the man his son never knew. Every every son who has lost his dad has to imagine what that moment would be like. One last chance, one chance to atone, a chance to say the things that you never said, but, you know, or or even see just to see your dad one more time. I think that is the power of that moment. And and did yeah. you did you know? I mean, having just lost your own dad, did you kind of know that when you were filming that scene?
2: You know, I couldn't have anticipated mm. the power that it has. I, I attribute a lot of that to that beautiful score you were just mentioning yeah. from, from James Horner. And I also had read the book in college, uh, Shoeless Joe, on which it's based. Mm. And it's a really great book, but it's very different right. as as far as John Kinsella goes. He appears fairly early in the book and has a kind of continuing dialogue throughout with Ray in the course of him building the field and all this stuff. and it takes the power out of that moment i uh you know uh phil robinson who adapted the the book to the movie and directed it just did a brilliant thing there for for me certainly but i think for audience members everywhere by making it the end of ray's journey and and to keep it a secret like like mm-hmm. you said the, yeah. the people who saw that movie before anybody knew anything about it in 1989 when it came out yeah you can imagine they were floored. I, yes. uh, the director Phil, told me, "Come see the movie with me down in Westwood, uh, uh, you know where where UCLA is in, in L.A." And I said, "Phil, what, why? I, I, we've already seen the movie. We we made the movie, and certainly you've been editing it for a year and a, a year and a half now. Like, why do you want to go see it?" He said, "Just, just come with me." So you know, I met him down there and he, I couldn't, I was doing a play at the time. So I could only come for, he said, just come for the last five minutes. So I said, okay, (laughs) okay, Phil. So I went down there and I wandered in, in the dark room in the back and, you know, and there's, you know, there's Kevin Costner, 40 feet high on the wall and, you know, you know, talking to, you know, Doc Graham or something. And anyway, I was watching it and so, the, you know, I'm watching it. It felt kind of uncomfortable there because I feel like I'm sort of like this ghost who's now actually in the <laughs> right. movie theater with yeah. these people, you know, but um, the, the the rest of the movie plays out and the, the goes to credits and nobody moves. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah. what's going on here? Like the whole credit ran, the whole credits all the way to the end. You could see the people who come clean the theaters between takes were, were, you know, lining up in the aisles waiting for people to move so they could pick up popcorn, et cetera, and I... You know, as the lights came up, you could see men's. First of all, it was a lot of men, Mm -hmm. and they're, you know, their shoulders are kind of shaking. And I'm thinking, what's what's going on here? And (laughs) it was all these, you know, and you know, I think what's interesting is the biggest, most athletic guys get it the worst. You know, because they're the ones that have grown up with sports with their dads, and these guys were trying to pull themselves together because they were so embarrassed that they were crying so hard. And you know, these guys are slapping each other on the back, and you know, I don't know. I was just. I was just blown away. I'd never seen anything like that in a movie theater. You know, I've, I've, I worked in, in live theater and, you know, occasionally you can get an audience, you know, very, you know, emotional or excited about something, but I'd never seen it in a movie. And suddenly I felt like very strange to be sitting there. These guys are walking past me now. I thought they're going to have a heart attack if they saw, Oh my God, that's yeah. the from Field of Dreams right here in the movie. <laughs> it's, it's him. So- it's him. <laughs> it's <laughs> dad. <And dead. laughs> right. Exactly. And
1: then,
2: you know, anyway, but it, yeah, it was, just remarkably powerful, and and I, I thank Phil Robinson for for making that a surprise ending and and that haunting score oh. that James Horner did. Who, you know, Phil Robinson told me later that he he wanted James Horner to do the score for the movie, but so he had him come to a pre-release screening where they'd put in, you know, a temp track is what they call it. I think it was some some jazz from um, or something that they used for the movie. But then you show the you know the composer and and he. Anyway, Phil shows it to him in this private screening. The the lights go down, and James Horner kind of storms out of the room, you know, and and feels like,
0: Uh-oh.
2: oh, uh, so he waits there for a minute and a couple minutes, and he you know the Horner's agents there, and he says like, what is he is he okay? Is 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 the meeting over? Is he not interested or what? And he said, I don't know, I don't know what happened. Finally, Phil goes out the back of the thing and looking around, and he goes in the bathroom, and James Horner's in there, and he's. He looks, he looks Phil in the eye and he says, I'm doing this movie. You know, he was all emotional because his father was uh, apparently uh, uh, worked in the movie business but was gone all the time. You know, he was an art director, I think, or something. And, you know, so so James Horner had his own yeah. daddy stuff, yeah, yeah, which yeah. the movie brought out, which he brought to the movie. You know, and it was just kind of extraordinary how the, the power of that movie got multiplied by everybody, I think, bringing their own – father yeah. issues oh, yeah. to to the movie and, and and kind of, you know, doubling down on, on the power that was already there.
1: You know, and that's what well, I'm, I'm always surprised to hear that some people don't like the movie. You know, like I think Rolling Stone put it as it wrote it as one of the worst movies of the year. Now, maybe the writers there have never lost a parent, have a ridiculously healthy relationship or they've had their hearts surgically removed. Right. I mean, how can anybody not like this movie? <laughs>
2: yeah well exactly. i think i i think you know uh, pardon the pun i think the movie can be seen as somewhat corny you yeah. know I mean, right it, it, that's it, true it, but but i also when when i first
0: and corny has a double meaning there doesn't right. it yes that's exactly pun. that's the
2: pun <laughs> uh, I i i realized I, I made my choice early on i decided that the people who don't get the movie and there's plenty of them who will come up and tell you you know that's a stupid movie yeah. <laughs> but but i i thought well these are the people like like timothy busfield's character mark who can't right. see the ballplayers you know right. I mean? there's those people who you know who who don't see the ballplayers so they would sit there at the empty field and wonder what we're all looking at and you know there's just some people who don't have aren't willing to suspend their disbelief or kind of go on the ride and you know i feel i feel bad for them because i i think that's a movie that if you can open your heart to it 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 can really take you places that that a lot of movies you know, only dream of going
1: no pun intended. (laughs) Oh
2: yeah. Another pun. Sorry.
0: (laughs) So are, are you a, are you a baseball fan yourself? I mean, uh, is there, is there a team that you root for?
2: Well, I, I grew up in Ohio Mm -hmm. on a farm, uh, and, uh, one of the ways we got out of farm work was playing sports year round. So my brother and I, you know, I played, I played football. I played baseball. I played basketball. I ran track. I, you know, I, I was active. I mean, so baseball, you know, I loved as much as all the other sports, to be honest. I, I tried out for my, I played little league. I, I tried out for my freshman high school baseball team and I got cut. So, my my joke is that it's it's my picture that's in the baseball hall of fame. That's what I say to those guys. Who made the <laughs> that's team. right, exactly. So, you know,
0: suck on that, so, yeah, buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah.
2: Uh, anyway, but but you know, I, I I love baseball. I I certainly come to love it more. I always loved minor league baseball because you know I, yeah. I, I I love going to those parks and having people do silly stuff to entertain you between takes. I I I remember sitting on the third base line and having a you know kind of a, a whole game long conversation with the third baseman you know teasing him about you know a play he missed or yeah, you know his true. name and he's he's yelling back at you and you know yeah. i mean I,
0: and you can actually you hear can, each yeah. other <laughs> right exactly
2: you know yeah. and then they you know then they have some people go out there and do silly things and so i yeah I, i'm a baseball fan i don't follow teams i always root for underdogs i grew up in cleveland so there was mm-hmm. you know we, I, in the lean years at the, with the indians so right i mean of course i and i started my career in chicago and was you know mm-hmm. kind of a, a cubs fan and you know i mean i i i tend to like individual players and and underdog teams but um so
0: you know, what, where this, did you you said you uh worked in chicago what, what did you do in chicago in the theater community or?
2: Yeah, I started, uh, when I left the farm in Ohio, the idea of becoming an actor was, you know, everybody just laughed at me. But uh, when I went there, I I got involved in theater. I worked at the Organic Theater Company, who ironically had had just come off the huge success of Bleacher Bums uh, like Mm. a year before. So, uh, you know, they were, and, and, you know, worked there for a year and a half, did plays, did a few, there was a tv show that shot there at that time called chicago story it was a kind of a cop oh, show yeah. and anyway i i my agent gave me the opportunity to come out to la for pilot season in 82 i guess it was and um then i i got cast in the Thornbirds during that little six week foray to la and just decided to move out here because there was so much more work and and um and you know it's hard to argue with uh, southern california as yeah. much as yeah i i, I I loved Chicago. Believe me, I, I think, I still think that's, you know, one of the greatest cities in the country. I, I just think there's, for me, there's all these great Midwestern people who are kind and compassionate and you know, I mean, I know there's jerks everywhere but, I, it, you know, compared to New York or Los Angeles, I, I really think it's a, you know, it is it is the, the what do they call it, the shoulders of America or yeah, something. It's the big, really, the big really shoulders. Awesome.
0: City of the big yeah. shoulders. Alright, we have to take a break but to Minutia Men will be right back.
1: This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave.
0: If you like Minutia man with rick and dave you you can you cannot
1: miss a moment of this show dave how did they do that uh you can go on itunes and you could subscribe uh Minutian man on the radio misfits podcast network is our link uh you can go on stitcher do it there you can do it on google play if you're a google guy Uh, Tune in you can um, Subscribe via that and you can also go to the radio com. That's our network website And if you click our show all of those options are going to come up on our page and you can click whatever one works for you It's free
0: right people get it automatically Instantly a new episode is available poof. It's there on your phone or your computer or however you want to listen to us It's no hassle and it's the it's the Minutia Men podcast with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern.
1: Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits podcast network.
0: RadioMisfits.com. Lasano and Friends. I do this podcast. Really? Yeah, you should listen to it. Uh, What's it called? Well, Lasano and Friends.
1: Lasano and Friends, or Lasano and Friends? No, it's Lasano. It's
0: totally different. Oh, yeah. Sh- oh yeah. crap. Mm-hmm.
1: I, oh man. It'd be nice <laughs> if Tony were actually here today for this uh, promo we're doing.
0: No, I think a promo stands on its own better when the star of the show is not in it whatsoever. Wow. Are we friends with each other, or just Tony? I'm friends on Facebook. Yeah, hey, we're hey, friends hey, on hey, Facebook. Quite, yeah. quite. quite but- well, yeah.
1: Lasano and Friends. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. So yeah. is this really a promo?
0: <laughs> How
2: long
1: <laughs> are
0: we going? <laughs>
1: Radiomisfits.com And we're back. Rick wrote a book, and we're yeah. publishers actually, yeah. by trade. Rick wrote a book called hey. Every Cub Ever. Yes, and lit <laughs> true. To, he li- he literally, wow. and I'm saying this with somewhat disdain and uh, for the amount of time that he spent on this. And, and Dave is a White Sox yeah, fan uh, too. so yeah. <laughs> He wrote a biography of every Cub player that has ever played wow. since 1872. So we would love to send it to you.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. totally. will get your I,
1: address. We'll send you a copy yeah. of it.
2: Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, my, my friend just did a similar thing with the Indians players, you know, and I find those stories fascinating. You know, like so many of those players were, you know, they're working in the oh, off yeah. season oh, to, yeah. to make them, you know, and, and, you know, have, you know issues you know you know there it was just i just find that all fascinating history fascinates me much more than um, you know than fiction most of the time because it's it's more unbelievable <laughs> yeah so i'd love that yeah
0: well we'll we'll definitely send you one and uh I, you mentioned earlier that you do a lot of appearances across the country minor league parks i know you have merchandise that you sell why don't you tell everybody where they can find out where you'll be next uh you know what kind of appearances you're making what you're where they can get the merchandise and stuff like that i know you've got a website what what is
2: it uh yes well uh, uh my book if you build it is available on amazon and uh, all my other stuff is available on my on it's just my name it's dwyerbrown.com dwyer with an i d-w-i-e-r it's just weird, spelled sideways. Um, so, How did you uh, get that name,
0: by the way? Any idea? Well,
2: it's Oh, yeah. It's my grandmother's maiden name. She oh. was Stella Wood Dwyer. And, uh, and so my dad named me Dwyer Richard Brown. And it was such a weird name that I went by Ricky for my first, like, eight years of my life. Because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, people, you don't need people you don't need to give them excuse to make fun of you yeah, that's so a good point got, yeah yeah and so i i got plenty of dwyer dwyer pants on fire yeah, yeah. And, you know,
0: <laughs> well you know washer. ricky as a ricky right. there's a lot of them that rhyme with ricky <laughs> yeah, right. and they are yeah, good that's true That's
2: true. But, but back then ricky nelson was cool and, and okay Ricardo, gotcha. so you know I, it, it had some cachet back then and uh okay you know but now now i get to hear washer and dwyer all the time <laughs> and, uh, oh there you and, go right. but, but well, anyway don't,
1: uh, don't play catch yeah. with those people man yeah. <laughs> uh, totally yeah as soon
2: as they say that shit i'm out of there
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> amen brother
2: i go right back into the corn <laughs> <laughs>
1: well
0: thanks for being on the oh, show this has it's, been just it's been a wonderful this has been great uh, like- uh, oh. and we wish you nothing but the best and and uh, we'll send you a copy of the book and uh and and keep on doing what you're doing because yeah. you're spreading love everywhere man uh, you yeah, really are right it,
2: well thanks man. hey and i got a question for you guys yeah too. uh hey rick and dave want to have
0: a catch all right we'll talk to you later thank you thanks buddy your
2: your line is i'd like that oh oh
0: shoot that's right i'd like that hey thanks for putting up this field and letting (laughs) us play ball yeah all right well annie Annie. this is this is your john this is is, yeah this is my john (laughs) <laughs> it's John.
1: All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. All right thanks, thank buddy. you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla. Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com.
0: And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including shows.com. Thank you.
1: This has been
0: a presentation of Opie Productions.
2: Tony, can you shut up?
0: If you're a fan of the English Premier League, you'll want to check out Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. As you can hear by his accent, Adam is from England originally. Chelsea fan, if you must know. And he's also an expert in soccer tactics and methods. He's the director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. So obviously, he has some incredible insights into the game. Tune in every week.
1: We're on the Radio Misfits
0: podcast network. A Tony Lozano podcast, the no-pie show. And because it's soccer, we never use our
1: hands. Radio Misfits. Com.
2: And friends starring me, Tommy,
1: <laughs> and me, Kimmy,
2: and me, Sam.
1: Come meet your new best friends. <laughs> hey,
0: if you want to listen to our show, this is what it sounds like exactly.
2: It's all about those conversations you can only have with your true friends. So come meet your new friends, Tommy, Kimmy, yes. Sam, right here with and friends. Me want you as friends. <laughs> Radiomisfits.com.